What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, with wacky-ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's going well. Before we get too far into this, I have one question for you. Sure. Are you sure that this microphone is actually recording this time? Uh, it is recording. It was always recording. There was, uh, we did a little digging. Actually, intern Jared went into the hard drive of my computer. And uh, found a shit ton of porn. No, I'm kidding. It was actually a thing where it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If apparently, users want to know what he found in there. Uh, it's my work computer, so obviously I'm not looking at porn uh, on that computer. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's actually something with the application storage. So it's like if you have too many applications open, or like apparently Google Chrome like really puts a is very taxing. On my machine because I have like 40 tabs open because I have work stuff. I have, you know, sports stuff. I got uh, the Twitters, all that bullshit up at the same time. And I think that just caused it to crash in addition to Spotify and GarageBand, which is what we use to record on. So, so it sounds like you need to work on some sort of uh, linear process with your tabs. I, I guess. Or, or just have a limit and say you can only have 10 open at a time. Or just close out of some or like save them for later usage. Yeah, I kind of like to have everything there. And then I also like to not be able to figure out what tab I need to click on. And then I wound up searching for it for about four or five minutes before I find the tab I actually want to look at. Uh, so you like wasting time. Yeah, I like wasting time. I like making things harder on myself. Got it. Um, a little crazy. Uh, but anyways, it's going all right. I'm feeling a little off. Uh, Graham requested to sit on my left side today as opposed to the right. Which has already backfired on me because apparently when you fart, you lift up to your right, which is in my direction, which is very unfair. Very unfair. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and not appreciated at all. Yep. Got a little bit of a different setup today in the Adam Kalal Studios, so hopefully he can uh, make his way through it. Indeed. Um, everything going all right in your life uh i've been moving so that's been a pain in the ass Uh, i was there you were there you helped i appreciate it um and yeah i think uh when i move again just hire some movers and then we can just uh sit around and drink yeah it is interesting like at what point are you at the age where you should just hire movers but i also don't think you had enough stuff to justify it and it's like all pretty cheap furniture from 1998 so it's not like it's super heavy fair maple yeah you know it, none of it was a big pain it, in the it was ass. just more so like as we talked about before moving that shit to the uh to the actual apartment i'm moving i'm living in now because it's a labyrinth and there's like 500 rooms on one level and you have to walk around and the way the building's designed is always catty corners and small and unnecessary areas. catty corners too, yeah. like ramps up and down, up and down. Whoever built that place just built it to piss off a guy moving on a couch. Yeah, for real. Um, but you guys don't want to hear about that shit. Well, maybe you they want, do. Maybe you do. Maybe you want to know a little bit more about our lives, but we're not here to tell you about that. We're here to talk about some Atlanta sports. We're going to be uh, talking a lot of Falcons today, and uh, going to be touching on the Braves uh, as as uh, as of today. Uh, John Coppola came out and spoke on uh, him being banned from baseball. So we're definitely going to break that down a little bit. But first things first, it's football season. Let's get into the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we've lost 14-9 to um, last week to the Minnesota Vikings. It's not a score we see often. No, it sounds like, uh, remember Chris Berman when he worked at, obviously only worked at ESPN, but 
you know, we always do his predictions. He'd always have weird scores like 11 to 9 and 13 to 8 or something. This is this is one of those games. It's, I mean, it's not horribly weird. But even though safety's involved. I'm just saying you're not going to – you don't see the score every, you know, every night. Yeah, it's more like day. a lacrosse score. Yeah. And um, the Vikings certainly played a hell of a game defensively and really shut us down. I think that was the thing that really uh, jumped out to me. Uh, Matt was held under 200 yards passing. Um, top receiver was Sanu at 43 yards. Julio only had two catches for 24. Um, and they really dominated time of possession as well, even though I'd say the defense played fairly well. Um, they had, a, I think their last touchdown drive was like nine minutes or something like Ugh. that. I mean, they really uh, they dominated time of possession. We were just able to completely you know, put our offense in a damn stranglehold the whole football game. Yeah, we knew that coming in that they were one of the – are they the top defense in the league? Uh, no, I think Philly overall <laughs> is, but they're top five in both against the run and against the pass. Yeah, 173 for Matt, 16 of 29. It's pretty pretty disappointing numbers. I know there were a lot of drops at play, too, but, I mean, what really killed us on the day was just dumbass penalties. Yeah, we really, especially on that, um, I think on the second drive of the game it was, we just, Devontae actually ran the ball exceptionally well. He was the lone bright spot of the offense coming back after, you know, spending two weeks in concussion protocol. 12 carries for 74 yards, averaging over six yards a carry. He looked he looked excellent. He just didn't get enough opportunities. Yeah, I would have liked to see a few more than 12 carries running um, at that clip. But he would have had more, too, had, uh, had those damn penalties not happened. Oh, yeah. Um, I especially knew once I saw Alex Mack getting called for penalties, I was like, we're living in the fucking twilight zone. And yeah. I haven't seen that since he's come over here. Um, I'm sure he's had a penalty call on him, but it's just like, you know. Um, and that, that's actually something I kind of wanted to talk about was um, – I had talked about before uh, last week before our technical issues, of course, about how, you know, how good the offense had been doing the last three weeks. Obviously, you know, who we played, you know, Seahawks decimated by injuries, Cowboys lose Sean Lee, uh, Tampa Bay sucks, um, you know, probably contributed to us getting into a little bit of their offensive rhythm. However, I contend that Devontae Freeman being out, despite he is a great back, actually helped us get into a little more of an offensive rhythm because Sarkeesian didn't have to worry about, oh, you know, let's give him pretty much even touches and let's make sure every guy gets his opportunity and all this stuff. And I think that really suffocates the offense um, because neither one of the guys can get in a rhythm yeah. in the running game. Yeah, it's fair. And it's not saying Tevin's a better player and we're better off with Tevin. It's just we're better off with just having one guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you saw that, too, as, uh, you know, in that last game against Tampa Bay. You know, Tico's getting 20, 22 carries, getting close to that 100-yard mark. Um, whereas in this game, you know, Devontae only gets 12 carries and Tevin gets eight. And it's like the whole day, too, Devontae was – when he got his opportunities, he was he was crushing him. He was running all over him. Well, so. And you, you got to think when you – the more carries you get, obviously the more of rhythm and flow you get, and it just gives you a better chance of breaking that one – big run, which would have been the difference in this game. Yeah, and, and you know, with the way Devontae was running, you thought that might be coming any second, any any uh, any carry, because he was in the zone. And it was great to see him uh, run his ass off, but until Steve Sarkeesian can figure out how to utilize our weapons correctly, I think this is a problem that will limit us offensively moving forward. 
Yeah, I still don't pin this game on the play calling, though. Not so entirely. Those penalties and the drops. Yeah, penalties, drops, and Matt was... And just playing a good defense. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of factors, and I think Matt was also very inaccurate. This is probably the most inaccurate he's been since uh, before the bye week. Uh, There's a lot of overthrows. There was a crucial third down where he threw the ball to Sanu, and it was just too high for him to go up and get. And it's like if we had gotten that, that was on the last drive, you know, that would have uh, been a first down, and we've been in the red zone. So. Yeah. Coulda, woulda, shoulda on the offensive side of the football. How about your boy Matt Bryant missing a kick? Uh, yeah, that was surprising. I remember we were at the bar and um, Graham's to be blamed for this one, by the way. Yeah, and so I'm like, I gotta, you know, I gotta go to the bathroom, and so I'm getting up, and I think someone was telling me, it's like, oh, you're not gonna stay and watch the kick. I was like, I don't even need to stay to watch the kick. Matt Bryant's best field goal kickers in the league. I'm, I'm so confident. I'm just gonna go into the bathroom, take a fucking piss, and I'm not even gonna watch. It. And then I looked up, and he, yeah, and, was, he, and he missed it. It was just. Once he actually walked away, I was just shaking my head and just saying how irresponsible yeah. you are as a fan. As I was walking away, I looked up and I just saw it. <laughs> yeah, just go uh, go wide right. I think yeah. it was. Didn't matter in the grand scheme of things for this game. But. Yeah. Um, do you uh, do you think that we should have gone for it there, or do you think um, kicking a field goal was the right uh, right choice by Dan? Remind the users of the exact situation. Uh, there's about four and a half five minutes left. Um, we're down 14 to nine and, um, the defense has been out on the field most of the second half. So that is, that was the situation and the offense had been inept all day and was finally starting to drive. So, yeah, with four minutes left and I mean, Latavius Murray had been running pretty steadily on us and Case Keenum is just apparently the best quarterback in the league now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you got to go for it there. Yeah. Try to win the game. Yeah. Either I, way, we pro- at that point we probably would have lost anyways and given up a touchdown. But at least you you go for it and see what you can do. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think we probably should have gone for it there, considering I, I thought the defense was starting to get gassed a little bit. Um, and I think that you know, it, and it was it seemed kind of like the the routes we were running on that drive was just not to try and score a touchdown. It was trying to like set up a field goal. It seemed like the plan was to try and get a field goal there, which I did not agree with. Right. Um, I will say the defense played really well, and a uh, shout-out to Mark Von Manuel and the guys for putting in a hell of an effort, uh, especially considering that Brian Poole and Desmond Trufant were out in this game. Yeah, our boy uh, Booty Booty Ray Wilson. Booty Ray Wilson. He was I kept seeing his name. Yeah. And uh, he looked really good, and, um, I mean, you look at it. I mean, they're offensively, even though Case Keenum only had five incompletions, um, none of their big play weapons like uh, Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs really had a good game. Diggs only had two catches. Thielen only had four for 51, although he did have sort of the game sealer uh, catch on that last drive. Um, guys were looking pretty good. Ricardo Allen played his ass off. He was forced to sort of play nickel corner um, when we were in the nickel package. But um, yeah, You can tell he's a leader in that secondary. Yeah, and a shout-out to him too because he is one of the few holdovers from the Mike Smith era. And um, Dan Quinn tried to weed out all the guys he thought were not mentally tough and physically weak, which there were a lot of when it came to uh, the Smitty regime. They're tough players. They play in the NFL, damn it. Well, Coach Smith, uh, not in Dan Quinn's book, because so many of those guys are gone now. They're not Dan Quinn tough. They're not Dan Quinn tough. But Ricardo has stuck around, and he's been a huge contributor to this team. So he played well. Um, he still gave up. You know, and we, we held Latavius Murray under 100 yards, but, you know, 
run defense is still an issue uh, for us, certainly. And I think, you know, I'm surprised that Deion Jones hasn't made the sort of impact that I think we all kind of expected him to make in the second year. Um, seems like he's not blowing up a lot of plays in the backfield like he used to or making uh, really good coverage plays. It seems like, you know, when he's making tackles, it's like, well, you know, guys five, six yards at the field. This is true. Um, yeah. And uh, I saw him make one good tackle, like, at the line of scrimmage on Murray, which was good. But, you know, I figure with Dontari Poe taking up so much damn space up the middle, along with Grady Jarrett, that that would free Deion Jones up to really blow some stuff up in the backfield or, uh, you know. Yeah, I can't remember him with any sacks, really, on the year. Yeah, and as a middle linebacker, you're not always told to, but they, to, to blitz. But they would but, definitely blitz with him some last year. Yeah, definitely. And, um but I guess we have more guys on the line that are capable of doing that on their own. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting, too, because I think we can all agree that the defense uh, unquestionably has been better than the defense last year. Although by the end of the year last year, I really liked the way our defense was playing. But, you know, for a whole season, you know, I don't put, like, where we are on the defense, really. But I am interested to know why Vic Beasley Jr. is not uh, rushing the quarterback more, why he's dropping back into coverage. Yeah, um... I mean, the only thing I can think of is we do have Claiborne and Takaris both able to get after it from the uh, DN spot. Yeah, but Vic was the – you had 15 and a half sacks last yeah, year. You got to unleash that guy and get his damn hands in the dirt and get re- – or his hand in the dirt and uh, try and get sacks in the quarterback. Yeah, and I don't know if this last week was just a matchup deal or ha- having those – No, he's been cor- doing that a lot. Having those cornerbacks out. He's been doing that a lot this year. And I, I really want to know what the line of thinking is there. And he looks very unsure of himself. There was, I remember one play, um, you know how the Falcons like to give up plays underneath all the time. Um, and it was like, I can't remember who the receiver was, but the receiver was coming out, you know, clearly downfield. And instead of going to the running back who was uncovered, I think and then Vic decided to drop back. And it was like, this yeah. guy's wide open and here's another 10-yard game. Yeah, easy. Um I really hope that we're going to give him the chance to rush the quarterback on a regular basis now because it's like he's, he can be a huge factor. We know that, so why not let give him the opportunity to be so? Yeah, it's pretty, if I could have, if I would have told you at the beginning of the year that he'd be third on the Falcons in sacks right now, yeah. I don't think that you would have uh, believed me there. No, I mean, I mean, Tack has more sacks than him. Adrian Claiborne got more sacks than him in a single game. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was an anomaly of a performance, but even still. And I know he's been banged up a little bit this year, and I also question if he's like 100% healthy. I know Duke Riley's not as much in the starting lineup anymore, and maybe he's sort of filling in there a little bit. But I, I think you got to find a way to get 44 in the trenches. And that probably has a lot to do. They thought they were going to get a lot more out of Duke Riley than they have. Yeah, he hasn't. He has not done well. So they kind of got to fill Vic in, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think you know it's interesting about uh, the great anus is it seems like a lot of people are falling over you know, like the turf, there's something up with the turf. Like, I saw a number of Falcons just sort of fall over um, this week. I saw, I know on a replay, a couple of Vikings fall over as well. It just seems like people are slipping and sliding all over the field there. Um, and a lot of these things, I don't know if that really is actually true to the new stadium compared to the Georgia Dome, or if we just have our eyes on the great anus so much more than we did the Georgia Dome, because mm-hmm. it is brand new and everything's just being evaluated now, but no, I, I noticed that, well, you yelled at me during the middle of the game. That's what made me notice it. <laughs> but yes, I saw that as well. Yeah. I think heading into the game, the Falcons were the best offensive third down team in the league and the Vikings were the best uh, defensive team on third down. 
and they clearly won the war there. We were only two of nine on third down conversions. And I've heard them say that uh, good defense beats good offense, Graham. Yeah. And that certainly happened uh, today. Once or again. on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, this isn't – it hurts because of the timing. This definitely isn't our worst loss of the year. No, not at all. The Vikings are a damn good team. They're a really they're the number one seed in the NFC now. Yeah, and we um, – I mean, our defense held um, – their top ten offense, I know at least, the Vikings as well. And yeah. we held them to 14, so – yeah, no was, shame there, but now it's do or do it or don't. Yeah, and unfortunately, we have the toughest schedule going down the stretch. Um, have to play the Saints this week on Thursday night, then Tampa, Car- uh, Tampa Saints, and then Carolina. So it's you know you're fighting in the division to see whether or not you're going to make postseason or not. And that's some salt in the wound that damn Eagles lost to the Seahawks after we beat them, which was surprising to me. Yeah, um, so, so we still have the. We still have the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. But they have a better record than us Correct. now. So the Seahawks have forced us out of that sixth seed. Now we are on the outside looking at the playoff picture right now. Uh, good news is they play the Rams this week, I believe. So hopefully the Rams – actually, no. They play the Jaguars this week at Jacksonville. And, you know, Jacksonville has the best defense in the league. So hopefully they can uh, stymie Russell and uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks this week. And, um, and then hopefully we can beat the Saints and get back in the playoffs. Yeah. I also heard uh... – your boy Aaron Rodgers is going to make a comeback for the last couple of games. Yeah, I'm not concerned and, with him. Well, he plays the Panthers. Is he going to try and play this week? No, he plays the Panthers in one of those last two games. Oh, it's one of those last two games. Yeah. Well, that would be, yes, then I will be pulling for Aaron Rodgers for the first time in yeah, my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, To definitely. get there and whip Cam Newton's sorry ass. Yeah, break some hearts. Yeah. Up there um, in Carolina. Last thing we'll talk about before we jump into uh, Saints preview is uh, – Dan Quinn and Grady Jarrett have called out Falcons fans for not making enough noise inside the Great Anus, a.k.a. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I guess we can discuss this now since I know we discussed it last week, but all of that got erased. Yes. So, well, you went there. Yes, I did. And what were your thoughts, Graham? Uh, I was really impressed by the overall architectural design of the stadium. Um, That doesn't win football games, though. It does not, but I was... um, Impressed by the stadium and the halo board. That was fantastic. In terms of the ambiance, in terms of the crowd intensity, I went to a Cardinals game last season, the Georgia Dome, regular season game, and I really didn't notice a difference between the intensity at that game and the intensity in this game. It seemed just about the same. Uh, It seemed about like the same kind of like open, you know, seats that weren't filled. Same sort of noise, pretty quiet on first and second down in defense, and then got really you know pretty loud on third down. Not to say that you know, we're on the level of uh, you know Seattle or something like that, but um, I don't you know, know the Georgia Dome used to. I mean, it used to be a home field advantage to a degree, but I mean, I think over when the, we were playing well, when we were playing well, it, it it certainly was. And that Cardinals game, to be fair, was before we really caught fire. Um, that was a coming out party of Taylor Gabriel. We had like two touchdowns uh, and that was like in October as opposed to now this is December. We're playing one of the top teams in the league. We're fighting for the playoff spot. Yeah. And uh, so it's a little bit of a different situation, but I've been to plenty of, of uh, games in the Georgia Dome where it hasn't been that packed where there are people making noise, but it's not like everybody's in their seats at all times. Remember that's why they changed their seats from that uh, puke green color to the red is to make it look less empty at the Georgia Dome. So, yeah, that's fair. It's, it's not a new issue. Yeah, I, I, yeah, 
everyone acting like this is such a big deal um, either hasn't lived here long enough or thought that the new stadium and how well the team did last year would get more people out. Um, I think you can also look at, uh, obviously, the PSLs. No, I do are, think it's a big issue because of that. Yeah, I think, you know, and we talked about this last week again. Actually, I'm not going to say doesn't that. matter, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, this is something I know we've talked about before, but, you know, I feel like this year has been the first time I've really been like, you know, I've got a steady job, making decent money. I would like to port- purchase some porches. I would like to purchase some Falcon season tickets, especially this year coming off that huge Super Bowl uh, run. But I'm priced out of it by the damn PSL. So I would have definitely gobbled up some season tickets uh, heading into this season. But it, I'm not going to pay for the right to purchase tickets. That is bullshit. It is un-American. And I can't believe that Arthur Blank stooped at that level. Actually, I can because he's a billionaire. But um, Yeah, I mean, you look, you look at any of the teams that have done it, and they all have this exact same issue. Like... Dallas but, Cowboys. But you're not having issues with Dallas filling up that stadium. No, but it's the same thing with a, being a shit ton of visiting fans gobbling up those tickets because because of the PSLs, people yeah. need to sell their tickets to away fans in order to recoup some of their money. Right. So, like, no one's scared to go into Dallas and play. No. It's like a playground. It's just like this stadium now. Yeah. People are there for the stadium, not for the game. Right. And I think, you know... And I, one thing I'll never understand, and I think it's just because, I don't know, you and I are very diehard. We go to a football game, baseball game, whatever. We're going there to watch. We're not going there to dick around with amenities or sit at bars or you know not pay attention. We're going there to watch our team play and, and cheer them on. And so I really don't get that aspect of it, even though, yeah, the bars are nice and all that stuff, but it's like, you know, when it's time to play, let's get our asses in the seats. And that's, that's always something I've had a problem with with a lot of Atlanta sports yeah, it's kind of it's a, it's a it's a it's a systemic thing across all the all the teams. Well, it's a weird thing because I mean, there's plenty of cool bars just around Atlanta. Yeah, that you go to in general, but I don't want to pay an average of I think it's eighty five dollars of the average ticket at the Grand Annus right now. Yeah, so I'm pay probably. that to go to a bar inside of there and pay seventy five percent upcharge on your drink. Right. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Find it, a beer guy. Right. Roam in the aisles. Yeah. Get yourself a $6 Bud Light. Yeah, and sit down. Um, but like I said, I mean, I thought they were in the Tampa Bay game when I went. It was quiet on first and second down for the most part. And then third down, I got loud and took a while for it to fill up. But I didn't, you know, there wasn't really a big drop off to me in terms of regular season games I've been to in the last four or five years to the, to the Falcons. So, um, well, I hope a lot of Falcons fans watched that SEC championship this week and saw what a big crowd looks like. Right, and you could also point to Atlanta United. Um, you know, they came out, those fans come out in full support, and I don't think there's a lot of cross-pollination between it's, Atlanta United fans and the rest of Atlanta sports fans. Well, there is some, it's, but it's but t- majority. It's, it's ticket prices, though. Like, I mean, That's very true. At this point, I can safely say, I think I'm going to go to more United games than Falcons games over the next three, four years. And that's not just because there are more of them. And it's, it's not because, because yeah, it's, it's because of ticket prices. Ticket price. Yeah. yeah you can go you can get a good seat uh you know any game for what, forty, fifty bucks. Yeah, and feel good about yourself and just go there, have some fun with friends, take yeah. in some soccer and obviously I'm not a bigger soccer fan than right. football fan. I don't know shit about soccer. Um 
But from an economic standpoint, it makes total sense. And I'm probably the same way. Like, I think this is the only Falcons game I'm going to go to this year. Because yeah. I was like, well, let's just do it and, and go and, and see the new, you know, see the new stadium, see the game. Yeah, um, when you had asked me about that, I was like, well, I've already seen the stadium. Yeah. So and I don't really want to spend that much what, money. What'd you end up, well, I know you bought more expensive tickets. Than yeah, it was like 130 bucks a pop. Yeah, that's... Uh, Actually, no, it's more. It's 150 bucks to sit on the field, field level. So... Um, won't be going back there anytime soon because <laughs> it's a shit ton of money to yeah. go watch a football game. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Someone asked me today, they're like, oh, if Clemson makes the national championship, are you going to go? You're like, hell no. I'm going to pay like $800 to go to the national yeah, championship If game. that. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's probably if, be- if it's Georgia, Clemson, then those tickets would probably be like a minimum of two grand. Yeah, for like, like upper deck. You know, these, bull- these bulldogs are going to... Yeah. Swipe at the opportunity to go see a oh, national totally. champion. Especially in their backyard. In their city, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would like to see more fan support, but I think the Falcons are also working against themselves to a degree because I actually didn't really think about how late in the season it was for there not to be as many people in their seats yeah. with, when you have a competitive football team. So I think, yeah, you can look more now at the uh, at, at the PSLs perhaps and I guess the amenities. But, I mean, I think this is... There's nothing you can do about it at this point. No, it is what it is. Unless they yeah. refund the PSLs, but they're locked in for like the it's thirty years or like the lease of the stadium. Well, at least the stadium is, but that stadium is owned by Arthur Blank, so he could do whatever he wanted if he wanted to. Re- he would have to. They signed contracts, so he would have to refund the PSL money, which that. Well, it's only happen. for it's only for this year. They're not going to get rid of it this year. But I'm saying next year. No, you can't get rid of PSLs. You can't ever get rid of PSLs unless you refund the money. They signed a contract for how many years? For the, it's for the length of you have the seat for the length of the stadium, thirty years. Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Well, yeah, we're fucked forever. Then. Yeah. I thought maybe there would be some revolt now. Maybe if this happened this year, maybe next year they can lower the overall price of the tickets. Yeah, because they're obviously still paying that. But they're not paying for thirty years worth of PSLs because that would be like five hundred thousand dollars. No, the the that gives them the right to that seat for thirty before years. anyone else for thirty years. Got it. Okay. But they would still have to pay the next next year for the to purchase the right. No, they don't have to pay PSLs again. They never have to pay PSLs again. No, I find that hard to believe. But I'll take your word for it. It's true. Um, but you ha- you would have to refund the initial PSLs. So that's I mean that's what it's like. Oh, it's a one time cost, and then this seat is yours forever. But at this point, you can't just go back on that. Right? No. Yeah, you're stuck. And I think um, no, I think at this point last year, people were definitely filling up the Georgia Dome and coming to watch this team play. Um, so yeah, Falcons are shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and PSLs to a degree, but, um, I'm hoping that the stadium isn't taken over by Saints fans, although I have a bad feeling it will be. That's going to, that one's really going to make me sick. About a 50, 50, 50 split. And I would love to go to the game on Thursday, but I'm not paying 150 bucks again. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm not going to pay 85, 90 bucks to sit in the upper deck. And you'd probably get in a fight with a hoodat. Oh, I would definitely get in a fight with a hoodat. (laughs) I mean, we were talking about this the other day, but you know, we spent... I think 100 bucks each, maybe 120 bucks each to go to get upper deck seats to the 2012-13 NFC title game. Yeah, and they were decent seats. And they were decent seats. And that now was like two days before the game, too. Yeah, and now you're telling me that, you know, those same seats comparably for a regular season game are like 90 bucks, 85 bucks. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, That's why we have our digital antennas. Yep. Looking ahead then to uh, the Saints game, 
This is a scary game, Adam. This game is certainly do or die. Because um, best case scenario, say we win this one, then we're going to lose at New Orleans. The Bucks aren't really even a real football team, so that's a win. And then we got to beat the Panthers at home, which is doable. So that would be 10-6, and six, mm-hmm. which maybe is good enough to get in. It may be, but you, you never know. Depending on what the Seahawks do. Yeah. So, but yeah, we can't. Nine and seven's not going to do it this year, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think that um, the, thing, the thing that has impressed me most about the Saints is that they've won games without having to, you know, without Drew Brees having to throw for 5,000 yards in the season. He's barely over 3,000 yards. Yeah, he used to throw for like average 400 yards a game a yeah. couple of years ago. Now they have this two-headed running back monster with this rejuvenated Mark Ingram and rookie sensation human joystick Alvin Kamara. Um, this is the most lethal threat in the NFL in terms of running back duos. And Kamara seems to consistently bust these 70, 80-yard runs. He doesn't get as many opportunities as Ingram, but he is the X factor in terms of, like, you put him in the game, he could get a touchdown just by having the ball At in his any hands. moment, yeah. yeah. And we saw how, uh, what's the kid from Chicago? Tariq Cohen. Yeah. That a shifty running back like that tore us up. Yeah, I have a really and bad... this guy's a lot better than him. Yeah, even though the defense has been better this year, run defense has been suspect. And if you're giving up 76 yards to Latavius Murray, I don't even want to think about what we're going to give up to these guys. Um, so, it's yeah. It's going to have to be a... Sh- it's going to have to be a shootout. It's going to have to be a shootout. I don't think you're going to get a situation where, uh, this week where Julio Jones is only going to get two catches for 24 yards. Um, but we're going to really have to come out there and sling it. And it's going to, and hopefully it can be a uh, classic Falcon Saints game where it's a, where it's a shootout and someone wins 38 to 35 or something like that. And hopefully that someone is us, but unless it is a shootout, we are going to get stumped. Yeah. The Saints have done, the Saints have had a couple of years of really impressive drafts that have, uh, turn their defense around used to be completely anemic but now i mean they're i think they're right, ranked right around us defensively yeah they're only you know it's they're only giving up 236 yards through the air and only allowing 112 yards uh, rushing um so they have a pretty similar run defense to where we have but they're holding quarterbacks under you know 250 yards and um they've definitely been much better on defense uh this year than they have in recent memory um they're not the 79ers anymore, no, unfortunately. No, they're not. They've already won nine games. It's crazy that this turnaround happened for them once they traded Adrian Peterson. They yeah, started 0-2. Yep, yeah, you thought it was going to be classic Saints, 7-9 and again. I was so happy about it. On the injury front, um, the Saints have definitely been better in the secondary. So some guys they've been missing recently, like Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams, uh, all practiced this week. So I think you know we've been talking a little bit about exposing the Saints secondary since – they're missing some guys. It looks like they're going to get some of their key guys back healthy. But, yeah, they definitely looked more impressive on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, offensively, they're loaded. Still got Michael Thomas as receiver. Ted Ginn Jr. is a long, deep threat. Um, what, are, what are some keys for you in terms of us finding a way to, to beat the Saints on Thursday? Uh, we've got to win the turnover battle. Yeah, we have not forced a lot of turnovers. We've actually had four uh, turnovers taken away because of penalties this year. That sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, if we can somehow coax a pick or two out of Drew Brees, get a key fumble, mm-hmm. and just Matt Ryan hones in that accuracy, 
I mean, we're at home. I feel okay about this. Yeah, game. I feel okay too. Um, I really think getting Julio involved is important. I think making sure that you know Devontae is the lead back if he's if he's feeling it, keep him in the game. Um, and that was another thing that pissed me off about that last drive was it was like you had four or five good runs from Devontae, you give him a breather, fine. But then he was like not on the field those last four or five plays. We can't do that. Yeah, the guy's going hot. Keep him on the field. Maybe they're trying to ease him back into it with the concussion thing. I guess, but, I mean, this seems pretty typical of Shanahan. Sorry. This seems pretty typical of Sarkeesian. And, um, you could just insert any offensive coordinator that you're bitching about. I could. Time. And they both start with seems S. Seems pretty typical of Cutter. Seems pretty typical of Cutter. Seems pretty typical of Malarkey. <laughs> um, the Saints are going to get theirs. They're probably going to score in the mid to high 20s. Um, that's wishful thinking. They could definitely get into the 30s. We've got to yep. match them. Our offense has to be unleashed. Uh, we've got to use our weapons and um, got to hope that we can survive a shootout because I think uh, if we don't get Julio involved and don't have a lead back and if we keep making dumbass penalties, we're not going to last long against this team. This is the best Saints team in recent memory, at least it's five or six Super Bowl years. Year. Probably. Yeah. Um, so we can't be fucking around here. So I know you're not a predictions guy, but where are you leaning right now? In terms of what you're thinking. I have to have a feeling we're going to play this game similar to the way we came out in the Packers game. Mm. Where we're coming off a big loss. We actually came off a big win, but... It was a near loss. It was a near loss. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking more about Dallas. Okay, there Coming you go. off a big loss, primetime game. I just start over. <laughs> no, no, I'm fine with that. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. This is all one take. Um, I think we're going to squeak one out, save our season. Yeah, I'm, I think we really got to dig deep. I hope fans do come out that are there and you don't, don't sell our, your PS, Our fans. Our fans. Don't sell your damn tickets for the Saints game. If you want to give them away, give them to me. Um, but, yeah, more importantly, though, just – Offense has to show up. I think the reason why we are where we are is because of offensive inconsistency, either due to play calling or execution. And we've got to, we've got to figure out a way to stop dropping the ball, utilize our weapons effectively, and throw accurate passes. Um, we've been saying all year, that. this is a talented team. We've just been beating ourselves too many times. Yeah, and it seemed like we had gotten everything together. But when you play uh, you know, a great defense like Minnesota that can really expose some things and really humble you and bring you down to earth. So hopefully um, a, that was a, a little bit of a wake-up call. The last possible wake-up call of the year. This is the last possible wake-up call of the year because there's, there's no more room for it now. I think a lot of people overreacted a little bit with how, you know, we beat these three teams that were reeling uh, from injury or suck like Tampa Bay. Um, but now we're going to start to see what this team really is. We're playing, you know, including the Vikings, you're playing the Vikings, Saints, and Carolina, and you're playing the Saints twice in that span of time. So you're going to find out if you're a good enough team or not to really be an NFC contender this year because the NFC is, is great. So now it's time for the Falcons to put up or shut up. Simple as that. wish we were in the AFC West. Life would be a lot easier. Oh, my right God. Now. Yeah. We'd be winning the division. By a long shot. By a long shot. Long shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the Falcons report this week. Moving on to uh, some Braves news. Um, I know we non-tendered Matt Adams and Danny Santana and a few other guys, um, which I think was 
Makes sense. Makes Jace, sense J- Jace Peterson's finally gone. Jace Peterson's also gone. Uh, the thing that bugs me, especially about Matt Adams, like we talked about, this is not Anthopolis' fault. But when Coffee was still around, it's like the guy was on a tear. Someone was probably desperate for him. Or maybe, who knows? We don't know the particulars, but I wish we would have moved him. I wish we would have found a way to move him for, for something because he's never going to play that well again. And now he's gone. And there you go. Yeah, you, you nailed it on a, what do they call it? You nailed it on the head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you said uh, he's slugging out of his mind and he's never hit left-handed pitching like this nope. before and he will come back down to reality. Yep, and that's exactly what so happened. I'll give credit where credit's due on that one. Oblige. Uh, the bigger news is coming from uh, Coppola finally spoke out on, uh, on what happened. Not really <clears throat> what happened in terms of like the particulars, but in terms of... He broke his silence. He broke his silence. He had been silent ever since the scandal happened during the investigation before he um, before he resigned and all that stuff. And then after he resigned, now he's finally come out and said some things. Quote, he was disgraced and humbled and heartbroken. Uh, pretty much wrote this long apology that we're not really going to... Your standard apology. Your standard apology. Saying he's ashamed. He had his dream job. Now he's blown it. Yep. Um, he's sorry for his family, for all the people that he let down, let down disappointed. The fans, the organization, yada, yada, yada. Baseball, baseball fans, baseball purists, baseball liberals, baseball conservatives. Pretty much your standard, your exactly right. Standard apology. He also said, oh, I hope people use me in any profession as an example as what to not do. Um, so I think we mentioned this on the forever deleted podcast, but it's pretty crazy that copy is in, there's only been four people banned from baseball for life. Shoeless Joe Jackson, mm-hmm. rigging the World Series. Right. Uh, Pete Orr, betting on his own team to lose while he was playing for the team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you mean uh, Pete Rose? Pete Rose. <laughs> Pete Orr may have done that. He hasn't been caught yet. Yes. That uh, was pretty funny. <laughs> Pete Orr is just my number one Pete in life, so I... Just always come back to him. I was yeah. like, what the hell do you think's so funny about I, I this? I wanted to correct you, but I wanted to let you keep going, no, too. That's good. That was great. Um, some dude who was involved with the steroids. Remember his name? Was it the trainer? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name, but he gave steroids to Rodriguez and Bonds. And, yeah, and our that. poor little bald, sweet, sweet John Capoella. Yeah, and, you know, my thing with this is that uh, why... Is nothing, and I know one of the scouts was also released or whatever, but why is nothing happening to John Hart? Well, he's not with the organization anymore. Well, he was. Why is he not having severe sanctions against him? This he, happened on his watch. He's the president of baseball operations. He was, he's at the top of the food chain. He was a figurehead and literally didn't know anything that was going on. You don't know that, though. It doesn't matter. A lot of people in the organization said he was gone all the time. But even still... You know, it's kind of like, why is, it's still, he's still technically the president of baseball operations. Why, you know, he's, I know he was, he's been instrumental in this rebuild in terms of he was doing the job before copy and then handing it off to him and he is in a position to be the president. I don't care how involved he was. Why is he not, you know, um, why why, why is he not being grilled over this? But I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like all oh, this was thrown on Capalella, and I don't think it was just a him thing. And someone had to freaking know about it who wasn't him that was higher up than him. I just 
it's hard for me not to believe that. Um, but it doesn't really matter at this point. No, John I'd, Hart's. I'd, I'd no, like to move on from this whole mess. Yeah, John Hart's no longer of the organization. Uh, copy's the, no longer. Copy's gone forever from anything. We have what I think is a better GM in place. We'll, we'll see. But now, you know, always prospects leaving. I heard today that Kevin Mighton signed with the Angels, and that hurts. Um, I can't watch that crap. Yeah, it, it's just, it's just, that's just kind of like after, uh, you know, that scene in Game of Thrones, season three spoilers, uh, you know, where they stab. They've already shot Rob Stark like eight times with arrows, and they just stab him in the chest with the, with the dagger. That's like the final daggers of the copy yeah. era. Sorry for uh, anyone who hasn't watched that. There's, that season's like five years old, though, so. Sorry, not sorry. That's on you. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something on AJC today that was just like Braves, ex-prospect, tracker, see where they've all signed. Yeah. I don't want to see that. I don't want to do that crap. Yeah, it's just like... That's in the past. That's like being They're a, gone. That's we, like... Yeah, it's like being a cutter. You, you don't want to do that. Being a cutter? Yeah, like, you know, you're cutting yourself. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you meant like part of the like dirt cutter's family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how that relates, Graham. That's amazing. <laughs> But I mean, it, it's just kind of like if you do that, that's just masochism. Yeah, you're you're some sick bastard getting off on pain, right? Um, <laughs> I suppose I buy that. Yeah. Bottom line is now we've got what we've got. Let's get excited about what we do have. Yeah. Not worried about what could have been. Right. Um, it's like going back and looking at the Mark share trade. Yeah. Every just, single year. Yeah, you just don't want to. And watching the video and pretend like you are uh, the the video of the guys who made the song, the Mark share song, and then being like. Oh man, and then you you remember oh I mean that great feeling of having Mark to share and then yeah it was what it was yeah um but yeah let's put this behind us and, and and move forward but um one thing I did here is we're talking about signing a another shortstop okay. a, a guy who can play all positions so it, there was speculation that they're talking about a shortstop to play full time this year. So Dansby can start back in the minors, really. But I really? think I think that was all wrong speculation. Who who was reporting this? Oh, I don't know. The same the same people. So that always report. David Bryan, Talking Chop, all those guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then there was a more recent one saying all that speculation was incorrect. Dansby's their guy. They want a guy who can be the first guy off the bench to fill in at shortstop, third base, second base. Uh, Unel Escobar's name was thrown out there. Uh, he actually has been hitting pretty well. Jose Reyes is thrown out there. I'm tired of these damn... I, I would prefer Unel much. I would, too. Jose Reyes is nothing anymore. Yeah. Um, but I'm tired of these damn retread players. Like, can we please just let these young guys play? And if Dansby fl- flames out this year, he flames out, and we know what he is. But unless he is really just a sorry, sorry bag of wet mulch, then please let him just... I think go he, out there and play. I think he showed enough at the end of last year. Yeah, that was a tough. That was a tough uh, first full year of baseball. But yeah. now you know we'll, we'll see what he's got this time around. Hopefully he's grown from it. Yeah. Um, I hope you've grown from it, Dansby. Yeah, we know you listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, saw something about the Hawks um, in terms of your uh, bet watch. They are now on track to win twenty two games. Well, it- wasn't a real bet. It wasn't, but I like to pretend that it was. In fairness, they've had a lot of injuries. They have. I know Dwayne Dedman went down. John Collins down now. John Collins went down. I um, saw freaking Plumlee started last night. That's yeah, a joke. Sad. Like, talk about a guy no one 
it's excited about. I still don't know why we signed him. Yeah. Part of the trade. Was he part of the trade? Yeah. Okay. That's right. That's right. He wasn't a free agent signing. Um, Is that our Hawks coverage for the week? That's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I know we beat the Nets on Sunday. And then lost to the we Nets lost on them. Monday. Yeah. Um, depressing to see we DeMar- went- it's depressing to see Damari Carroll out there, uh, remembering what was. Yeah. And um, you know, it was probably a moment for him, too, where he remembered what was uh, coming back to I think those were his Atlanta. best years. Oh, absolutely. Without that, he doesn't get that huge deal from Toronto. Yeah. And then he sort of flamed out over there and got injured, unfortunately. But You know, we did play the Hawks. I mean, not the Hawks. We are the Hawks. We played the Cavs close again. Yeah, which was nice to see. I mean, say what you will about the Hawks. They, they've been in, um, I think, over the last 17 games in the fourth quarter, they've either been tied, had the lead, or... Um, been within one possession of taking the lead um and a lot of that's coach bud yeah i mean being a good coach yeah they are busting their asses and you know for the lack of talent that they have they're making up for it with heart it's just you know we we can't expect anything but you gotta respect the effort um and at least these are like a lot of the guys are playing it's just like what you just said about playing the young guys for the Braves. Mm-hmm. They are young guys playing now. Like yeah. Which Bembry's is, out there. He's getting a ton of minutes. He's showing something. Prince. Yeah, it's great to see Torian Prince um, continue to play well. So, uh, Dennis Schroeder doing his thing. Too bad about John Collins. Uh, do we know how long he's he's going to be out? About three weeks. Yeah. And a, a, same as Deadman. Deadman's going to, yeah, about that same amount of time, too. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, tickets to a Hawks game. I was just about to say, maybe, right we'll, well, maybe we should go catch some Hawks games. Yeah. We could sit up in Section 345 like we used to back that's, in the That's day. where we could get our, our value yeah. tickets right now. Oh, for sure. I think we should definitely They've do that. They've got that renovated arena with your barber shop and your bar on bar. the court that yeah. we'll never have access to. Never. Um, but, yeah. Uh, the top golf simulation. Jesus. Yeah, so dumb. Now I will say this about that: that is more, especially the barbershop and the Top Golf. Not necessarily the bar, because bar's a bar, but um, that is definitely a way to distract people from the game, more so than anything that's at Mercedes-Benz Stadium to me. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, it's just gimmicky. Yeah, it's crap. gimmicky bullshit. And it's like, yeah. if I want to go to Top Golf, man, I'll do the real thing. I don't want to do that while I'm going to fucking basketball. It's just silly. It's it's, it's for people that don't respect or like the sport or like the team that much. Who or, don't who don't give a damn about watching the full game. People that or go, the game at all. Go to the game. Yeah, people that go for the games for the entertainment value, socializing, which is fine. I mean, do what you that's, want. That's it's support, your money. That supports a sports team as well. Yeah, it's your money. It's the same way about like with the PSLs, right? I mean, we can get upset about people selling their PSLs, but, you know, I would be selling the hell out of my PSL tickets. I would definitely be selling all the college football stuff. No, 100%. you don't have those tickets. You have the right to buy the tickets oh, really? to college. I thought, yeah. you, I thought you got some of the college tickets. Too. No, 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 no. You have the first right to buy those tickets. Very unfair. Yeah. Um, you, you needed to do a little more research look at you on PSLs. Your, look at you doing your homework. <laughs> the shoe's on the other foot, if you will. Well, it's because we switched sides. Yeah. So now I, I, yeah, I, I felt a decrease in... Uh, Knowledge. Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> See, this happening again. Um... But yeah, so like you know, who are we? Just like you're saying, you sell the hell out of some of your PSL tickets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who are we to say what you should and shouldn't do with your money? Um, no, I blame the Falcons for that. Yeah, I don't blame the people. Yep. Damn it, Arthur. I love you, but damn it. Yep. Well, that wraps up our show for this week. Um, 
If you enjoyed the show, please let your friends and family know if you like to, if you think they would as well enjoy listening to Two Drunks Ramble about Atlanta sports. Thanks for making us part of your day or night. Stay true to Atlanta. Rise up. Chop on. And United Conquer. <laughs> well, you got them all. Yeah. And go Atlanta's lacrosse team. The Georgia Swarm. Thanks for following us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hospitomnus soup. Hospitomnus soup.